0: The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Pinball Party. I never meant to make my mistakes your life, or meant for any of my past to cause you harm. Oh, well hey, welcome to episode 14 of the Pinball Party podcast. Sit back, relax, let's party. Don't want to make you feel bad. Man, what a great show we have for you today Maybe that's what taking a week off does, you know, gives you a little break, a little r and R, a A little, you know, break (laughs) I'll say break again because that's what it was, a break from pinball And I needed it, um, not because anything's bad, everything's great Um, Just need to keep rolling with that And uh, pinball will always be there um, long after I'm gone Nope, let's not get dark. (laughs) Let's bring it right back up. Um, Yeah, hey, it's, it's, it's great to be here. It's great to have you all listening. We got plenty to talk about today. And one elephant in the room or news, there is breaking news. There's a new pinball machine that just got announced. Maybe some of you got an email from a kind of eerie or maybe spooky place. We'll talk about that later when you least see it coming. We have an amazing guest talking to us in a little bit, Mr. Ken Cromwell from Jersey Jack Pinball, the pinball manufacturing company that makes some of the most gorgeous, high-end, wonderful, deep pinball machines out there. I got a few questions for him, some hard balls, some soft balls, and then we just have a good time catching up and talking pinball. But before we get to that, there's a couple people that need to figure it out. Figure it out. First and foremost is Doc Monday from Nudge Pinball. <gasps> Why, do you say? I thought he's been on your show a few times. He's great. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's good. He's a friend. He's a great guest. Um, But the dude had never seen Grandma's Boy. Figure it out. Before. You know, one of the funniest movies of our time.
1: <laughs> Adios, turd nuggets. You're gonna break the game, you so New high score What does high score mean? New high score, is that bad? What does that mean? Where's Alex? What did he take the day off and die of old age?
0: No, he went to lunch with Samantha What? <laughs> Grandma's boy Heard of it? Well, he hadn't heard of it And he didn't see it Full disclosure, he, he saw it Uh, last week. So we need to have him back on so we can do a full review of Grandma's Boy. Anyone out there who hasn't seen Grandma's Boy, figure it out. Figure it out. And Stern, please, please, please release the Rush Expression Lighting Kit. Please. I want to have it so bad, but my only option right now is to get an LE. Idiot. my only option, like, uh, my first world, my, my only option is to either spend six and a half grand on a Pro, which I'm not going to do because it's local, or eight grand, roughly, in the used market for a premium, which is the right call, or like 12 grand for an LE because I need them lights. They're so good. Whoever hasn't seen them, it really ties the room together, dude. It It's, it's a nice rug. Um, Stern, figure it out. Figure it out. And on that note, I hate to do this, but flipping out pinball... Figure it out. Figure it out. Get more Rush premiums in stock so I can give you a bunch of money and buy one, man. Jeez. Come on. Figure it out. And to keep this segment in its roots, here's another thing that annoys me in the secondary market or things I don't want to deal with. Let's say you're going to get a game. It's very clear. You either need to just test it real quick, one ball, or just like double check a couple of things. You things. Know, you know, it's going to be a quick in and out. When you get there, this is to the sellers out there. Don't make the buyer look at every game in your collection, tell them the story behind everything. Oh, I got this one, man. I got it for this. And look at it like, and want them to be like, you're awesome. Your collection makes you a great person. And now I'm your friend. Let's spend holidays together and get each other gifts. Don't force me to look at your fancy collection and have to give you compliments. Cause if I don't, it's awkward and I'm a nice guy. So I'm probably going to do it. Come on. You know, here's, here's kind of a good guideline. Let's say you're looking at a game and there's a machine to the left and to the right of it. Yeah, we can look at those. Those are, you know, in your peripheral vision, and just, hey, look at this one. Okay, look at that one. Okay, I've looked at it. We did two. We did the game I came to play with, plus two. That's the limit. Beyond that, figure it out. Figure it out. Actually, there is an exception for me, and that's Tony's Games. I actually like looking at Tony's Collection. Oh, man, Uh, we've done three. Maybe we'll do four in the future. Who knows? But hey, if you're listening, you have a great collection. And I like looking at it. <laughs> so I guess you uh, have it figured out. Figured out. And after all that figuring out, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> I hope I don't gag. I hope I don't choke. I hope I don't puke in the pinball pantry. Blech. Yeah, you know what? Your mom won't do <laughs> you Just smooch in my face. Your mom won't do Pimble Pantry with me this week because she didn't like the chips last time. So it's just me and you, Mabel. We're going to eat these chips. Okay. So what do we have here, Mabel? Yeah. All right. So warning anyone out there doesn't like the sound of, whoa, you're so cute. I know. Of uh, people chewing on chips. I'll be, you know, whatever. But she is so cute when Mabel eats chips. It's the best. But what do we got here, Mabel? You and I are going to do this and we are going to rate these. Again, these are Lay's potato chips from across the seas with mm-hmm. a spicy lobster flavor. Yuck. All right, let's see what we got here. I'm gonna open these up. You got to behave, stay. Oh, they smell terrible. Why do you smell them? They smell terrible. I know you want one. Okay, you wanna eat first or you want me to try? Let's, have, let's see what you think, okay? Here you go, just, okay, Mabel, we'll wait, wait. Shake, shake. Good girl, spicy lobster, go ahead. Okay, you want another one, you didn't taste it? Is that what you say? Okay, try it again. Okay, and what do you think? Okay, I'll try. Now dad will try. All right, here we go. We'll start. Aren- oh, oh. Oh my God! I'm try again just to make sure. <coughs> no, <laughs> you, you you eat them. <coughs> no, man. Here, try. Really? <coughs> One ball at the most because at the beginning, it's like slightly salty. Here you go. You like them? You go ahead. It's slightly salty. And you're like, oh, it's kind of a chip, and then it kind of tastes like seafood, uh, lobster. So cool. You thought, and you continue to think, five out of five balls, for Spicy Lobster laced Potato Chips, I say one. Thanks for joining me. Have a smooch. Thank you, princess. See you later. I hope I don't gag, I hope I don't choke, I hope I don't puke in the pinball pantry. You know, before we get to some listener email, let's do a little web surfing on the old pin side. I just want to go here and I'm just going to click on forum and see what the chatter is. Uh, let's say for Sunday, December 4th. Well, let's see what the first few forums are just just for shits. You know, whatever. We got a Christmas story, a 2022 pinball machine in the bar forum. OK, what? Uh, we're going to open that and check in a second. Um, Wednesday, the Addams Family 2.0. Yeah. hey speaking of Wednesday very impressive show uh, five out of five balls nine out of ten it, just great um, everyone I've talked to including myself and my wife have loved it and it's just cinematography is top notch anyway Wednesday on uh, Netflix all right what else we got Stern James Bond 007 Owners Club yeah right the, <laughs> I forgot about that Bond is making its way out there there's a lot of places around me that have it um, Tilt Pinball in Minneapolis, talk about that place all the time but They have one, a lot of places in Wisconsin We're waiting to get one and Reboot here in Eau Claire I want to get my hands on it, but still haven't played Bond But yeah, that kind of came out, right? I mean, it really long, rocky reveal And then a lot of this and that But hey, Bond's out Hey, congrats, Stern, we did it Sounds like the code is not done, <laughs> to say the least But hey, it's out there um, We'll see what the opinions are so far uh, maybe I'll we'll click on this owner's thread and let's let's go to the last page as one does on a forum and let's just give a quick temperature check on what the owners or people who have played it recently are saying. No editing. Let's just pick a random one. Anyone know what the code name was? Is for Bond. Any pro owners want to check under the play field? Okay. People care about some strange stuff, but uh, whatever. Um, premiums and pros at Pincinnati, I am not sad on the LE purchase. This is going to be a great game when the code is polished. Already a blast to shoot. Hey, good little. So hey, from my two forum read so far, it's positive, right? <laughs> cool. All right, what else does pinside have for me? Official NFL thread. Yeah, of course. In the in the pinball website, you got the old NFL thread. What? There's a lot of these weird things in here, like cooking threads or uh, gambling, or just it's it's a strange amalgamation of just I guess you know people melting pot, right? And then we got a. Spooky, Scooby-Doo, Hype Thread. Uh-huh. Yep, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 Hype, Hype, Hype. Uh, got a Game of Thrones for sale. We Got Stern Godzilla Officials Owners Club. Yeah, surprise, surprise, uh, a Godzilla form. You know, I've brought this up before, and I'm just going to do it again just for the sake of... For whatever, I guess. it's It's my show, right? Here we go, talking about Godzilla. You know, I've owned Godzilla three times because... The first time I had it, I liked it. I was like, hey, this is pretty good. You know, I, I got my plays that, what I wanted to. I, I don't know, who knows, 50 to 100 games. It was a, it was a pro, to be clear. And after that, I, I played it on location and premium. I was like, yeah, great, okay. And then I kept seeing the hype and kept seeing the hype. I'm like, I must be missing something. Everyone's saying this is number one. To me, I'm like, yeah, it's above average. It's pretty great. And um, so then I bought a premium and I got it. I'm like, yeah, of course, I was missing something. So like, all right, let's do it. Let's get in. And then I was like, oh, wait, you know, it's, it's fine. It's good you know, whatever. I'm not a really big fan of the right scoop. I'm not a fan of that you can't really trap the ball that often or post pass really that easily. It's not a lot of control. You're kind of just going and the sounds are kind of nonstop. It's a little chaotic, but again, I'm not to knock it. I'm just like, i okay I, I don't get the I don't get the whole number one thing but whatever so you know I moved it on and then keep seeing people on Twitch stream it or everyone talk about it it's still number one I'm like okay I gotta be missing something right again if there's one game I'm gonna bolt to the floor and somehow it's not Lord of the Rings it has to be Godzilla like what am I doing so I got another one uh and I uh, guess what happened same thing <laughs> after like a couple of weeks like okay yeah no I'm just I'm not I'm not a number one Godzilla Type of guy, it's it's fine. It's you know it's probably in my top twenty, top ten. No, honestly not. Like I don't know. There's 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 a few things I like about it. There's a lot of stuff I'm just like no, it, it doesn't draw me back. There's certain games where I just want to play and play. And there's times where I've gotten up at like right before I fall asleep because I just need to put in a game of Jurassic Park because I want to get farther in the paddocks. Godzilla just doesn't have that pull for me. So I don't know. I'm I'm lately I've just been on a really big stern. Uh, rush kick and continue to be hence you know the expression lighting and for me you know if i'm looking at the pin side list and i've said this to a couple people before flip the spots of where godzilla and stern is or sorry godzilla and rush is and that's more how i feel okay i don't feel rush is number one but as far as like placement i think rush is is above it for me again just personal opinion and, and that's where i am i think rush is a fantastic game it continues to get better once those expression lights come out even better but not to knock godzilla i just sometimes don't don't get the hype i don't fully get it what else we got here on the forum another john uh, james bond hype thread this one's bond james bond hype club <laughs> hype thread hype club and then the next spooky pin yeah so as you'd expect bond is out spooky just announced something and um yeah people talking about football <laughs> So, listeners, what do you have to say? You can contact me by emailing pinballpartypodcast at gmail.com, like this listener did, who started it out with a nice salutation. Hi, Jason. Nice start. Says, I recently found your podcast on the Pinball Network, and I've been enjoying listening to your episodes. It's great hearing another voice in the Pinball Party space, and from a technical standpoint, you are nailing it. Hey, thank you. Your guests from Nudge Pinball have been a fun listen. I was not familiar with the publication until I heard about it on your show. Awesome. I'm glad I could help spread the word. I do notice that you are a little, quote, stern-heavy, quote, but I may be a little biased, winky face. If you are ever in the Chicago area, please let me know so that I can invite you to our factory and give you a tour. Would be great to have a beer and play some pinball at some point as well. Keep up the great work, man. And I said, what? And I looked down and it says, from a Ken Cromwell from Jersey Jack Pinball, marketing and communication specialist. Ah, uh, well, so I reply back, bunch of thanks and all that. I'd love to take you up on it. In fact, why don't you join the show and let me pick your brain and learn some more about Jersey Jack. And...
1: And we're a lot alike in the fact that, like, I burn through games, like, I've got a limited amount of time on Earth to play every single one of them. There you go. I love it. I I, I am so
0: with you on that. You know what? I'm going to use that as the introduction. Fuck it. Fuck the transition. Welcome, Ken Conwell. We're in it. What's up, man? Thanks for joining me. Yeah, I mean, because you started off by saying, you know, you don't always... You know, bolt a game. Well, I'm kind of maybe intuiting what you're saying. You don't bolt a game forever. The way you said it, limited time on this earth, and that's exactly how I feel. the The feeling that I have when there's time to move on a game is exactly that. Like, all right, I maybe have if I'm lucky till I'm 80, 90, 100 years old. Will I look back and be like, you know, I'm so glad I bolted that Walking Dead premium for 10 years that made me so happy, or yep, was yeah. I like, nah, man, I sold it after two weeks so I didn't like it. And like, whatever, man, move on. No,
1: and the other thing for me is that I really like to entertain. So when people come over, Mm. I want to have a change of environment here. And a lot of times that is with new pinball. You know, I want people to come in and play different things. I want to play different things. Uh, Absolutely nothing is bolted to the floor uh, in this house. And Mm. I know for a fact when I get a game, it's only a matter of time before it leaves. But a lot of times I'll get these same games back because I, you know, appreciate them for whatever reason. Uh, So that's not foreign to me to have a game two, three times, you know, and it's, Yeah. uh,
0: yeah. I like how you said in this house we don't bolt. Game. We almost need a T-shirt that says "I don't bolt." <laughs> I don't bolt because I'm the same way. Like it's almost an insult to me. We're like don't don't talk about bolting in my house. Yeah, I don't bolt. Um, well, uh, before we get too far, uh, who are you, right? <laughs> so, uh, Ken Cromwell. I'll say before you even tell me what you what it is you do and why we're talking, I got to say the name Ken Cromwell. When I first saw it or heard, it, I was like, that is a sweet name. That's oh, like thanks, a Bruce, man. It's like a Bruce Wayne. You could be, you could either be a superhero or I picture you like reading The Hobbit to your grandkids by the fire with like a smoking jacket on, a, a big pipe. long pipe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I picture when I see the name Ken Cromwell. So no matter what we say or what we do or people's opinion of you, the name's awesome. Um, but yeah. Uh, if if the know, first
1: impression is the name, I'll take it.
0: Uh, it's, yeah. I am happy with it. I've have had it for uh, years. So it, I think it's phonetically Pleasing to say. Anyone else that's listening, just start saying Ken Cromwell to yourself. Maybe people will think you're crazy, but you're here. Thanks for joining. Uh, Why don't you tell the people what it is? What is it that you do these days in pinball? Yeah. So these days, I work for Jersey Jack
1: Pinball in uh, marketing and communications. So I've been with Jersey Jack almost three years. Uh, Prior to that, you know, I was heavily involved in creative content for pinball and kind of making, uh, you know, relationships within the industry and meeting a lot of cool people. And it just kind of propelled itself to a career change for me recently. And, you know, it's exciting. I, I couldn't ask to be in a better spot and I couldn't ask to be doing something more fun for work than
0: uh, what I'm doing right now. And I'm, I'm going to hit you with some questions pretty soon, just overall Jersey Jack. We'll we'll get to that in a second, but I, you know, when you reached out, I hadn't heard you and I had heard your name. And the, the only thing I thought of to do was text someone uh well zach many people probably don't know who that is if they you had to do
1: the background check
0: yeah if, if you guys do know who zach many is i apologize um bye from flipping a pinball bye, bye, bye. but i you know i sent him a text like who is this guy i know i've heard this name like do, do i talk to him what do i do and no one else can see this but i'll show you look at the yep. size of this response he sent me oh wow yeah that's no joke i'm scrolling Wait, when does it start talking about me that all of that's about <laughs> you. Let oh that's awesome uh, and
1: that's a nice guy. Zach's a nice guy. Uh, yeah, we, we the, go the, way back.
0: The start of his conversation is, "I'm biased because he's one of my best friends." Yeah, that's a pretty a good start. And then, he, then he threw you under the bus. He said a bunch of terrible stuff. He yep. said th- like awful stuff. Like Ken's one of the smartest, most logical people. Ugh, like I don't want, I don't want it's any horrible. of that. horrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't want any of that. No, on the podcast. super nice of him.
1: Super nice. You know when. Uh, I, I met Zach early on after I started uh, a podcast called Special Windlit Pinball Podcast and uh, got to know Zach. He invited me back at the time on TWIP this week in pinball to kind of co-host. And mm. that's where we kind of really connected. And we have a lot of similar interests, a lot of similar passions, uh, loving pinball and, and a lot of the people that are part of pinball. And it just, we clicked. Uh, him, Greg okay. Bone, we, we really formed a really tight friendship that we have right now uh, continuously or have been having continuously. So it, uh, you know, it means the world that he would say nice things when you're vetting me, I appreciate it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's very, it's very mutual. And, you know, just to kind of where this started was as somebody that I appreciate pinball podcast, right. So that, you know, there are things that, uh, episodes and, and different shows that I listen to on a regular basis and your podcast had come up on TPN on the Pinball Network, and it was something that was different. It was fresh. It wasn't anything that I was used to hearing. Um, technically, it sounded really good. You've got a great voice for podcasting. You've got a unique kind of way to approach and cover the hobby. These are all things that I appreciate when I'm consuming this kind of stuff. And I just wanted to reach out to you and say, hey, man, it's it's cool that you're doing it. Keep up the good work, and uh, you know, I appreciate it. So, thank oh, you thank for you. providing something that's entertaining for me
0: and for the listeners. It's uh, you know, it's. It's appreciated. Well, I'm glad, and, and, and you're making me smile, but you, you reached out and, and said that. Now I caught you in the net. Now I'm going to get you on here and ask you some, some, some good questions, some, some terrible questions. Um, but I, you know, when I started to, to that point, like I didn't, I'm still not doing it for some reason. I'm kind of just like, I, I was clear to uh, Zach or whoever, uh, Tiolis, everyone, like, I'm just kind of bored and I want more. Mm-hmm. From like, I don't know why, what it is. Um, and, I, I you know, you, when you reached out and told me you do the Jersey Jack pinball podcast, I still have not listened to it. Not for the f- sake of like, oh, I don't want to hear you. I didn't even know there was one. So yeah, I'm well, that's good. Like, uh, excellent marketing on my uh, part, yeah. there, Jason. I- <laughs> well, <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Get fucked. Yeah, well, I just, because I'm not like some, like you or some of the people I'll say in the biz, quote unquote, we've been doing this a long time and maybe five years just kind of passively. And so anyone out there, again, listening to me, my opinion, I'm just a dude. Okay. So I'm not like, I'm not some uh, expert uh, player. I'm not Ray Day. I'm not Keith Allen. I'm not you. I don't work at Jersey Jack. I'm just a dude who likes to play pinball. I mean, we're Um, we're all just dudes. I mean, and that's
1: the whole thing. That's what makes it interesting is, you know, before I'm anything else, I'm a pinball enthusiast and somebody that I have my story and what got me started in pinball. And those are the kinds of things that I wanted to talk about when I started the podcast. I had a buddy that we talked on the phone almost every single day about these stories about pinball. And it's like, let's do a podcast that just kind of allows us to discuss pinball. And we thought to ourselves, if we could get 50 or hundred people that would be interested in hearing our conversations, it would be worth, you know, to keep going. And, uh, 90 episodes later over like 91 consecutive weeks, you know, we, uh, we put together something special. It's cool to think that, you know, when my kids are older and I'm not here anymore and and my grandkids, they can go back and they can kind of listen to these episodes and they could see a time in my life where I was, you know, really interested in something that, made me uh, want to be creative as, a, as an individual, as a person. And I, and I, you know, all that, it's like a little time capsule too, which is something that I didn't think of going in, but you know, yeah. nowadays it's something that's really cool. And you know, I, I think that's good for you too.
0: I'm the same way, you know, the older you get, like things just mean something different and sentimental and looking to the future. And, you know, I, I guess similar to the conversation we had about bolting things, like things are, you know, when I was younger, I was like, ah, I want money. I want a girlfriend. I want, you know, I want, I want all this fast stuff. I want this, all this immediate, uh, immediate pleasure. Well, I guess, fate. <laughs> of course, I still do. But yeah, right. uh, the, the long-term things of why, like, I won't say certain things in the podcast because I don't want to be an ass or I don't mm-hmm. want to actually make someone feel bad for being alive. Like people that do that, I'm like, what? <laughs> What's wrong with you?
1: Um, But, you know, and I'm glad you bring something like that up because, and again, I've got this fascination with uh, creative pinball content just because I've been from that side and, and I'm still creating content just in different capacity. It's like when you establish relationships with people, whether they be in the industry or people that are fellow pinball enthusiasts. Um, you treat them like human beings because you have something in common and and you just want to respect that individual and you would want to be respected the same way. So there's no ulterior motive to be nice to people. Uh, There's not a transaction that takes place. I'm going to be nice to you because I need something out of you. It's just, it's
0: decent, basic humanity in my eyes. And it's, (laughs) I mean, absolutely. I, I was surprised and, you know, not to really get into it, not everyone likes to hear it, but it's surprising, like starting to do this, that that's not always the case for some reason in pinball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't run into that in other hobbies or other, like music, for example, like, is there sometimes like this competition or like, you know, not battle the bands per se, but you know, is there always like, is our band better than their band or am I a better vocalist? Sure. But it's always still the same as like, you know, uh, all the tides lift all ships kind of thing. Like, it's all just like, whatever. This is li- not always... In pinball, uh, I'll leave it <laughs> no, at that. No, it's not. So, it's so absolutely of, not. Yeah, like maybe avoiding that that pitfall. Before we get to, I really want to pick your brain of some Jersey Jack stuff. First, I want to get to know your balls. We are getting to know your balls. Getting to know your balls is a series of questions. Just your general, you know, what do you think about certain pinball things? If you've heard the show, maybe know where I'm going with some of this. But you actually said a question Without, uh, well, you didn't propose a question, but when you were talking, like, well, that's a question I haven't asked anyone before. So I'm going to start with this one that you just made me think of. Wow, wow, okay. are you Yeah, are you a pinball player? Well, I know the answer, but I'm asking you anyway because you actually yep. answered it. Are you a pinball player that plays for yourself or to entertain others? Oh, man. Um, I Honestly, I think
1: entertaining others is more, uh, there's a bigger payoff for me than entertaining myself. Like I, I, take greater pleasure watching other people be entertained by something I was able to, uh, you know, help introduce than yeah. kind of consuming that myself. Um, same thing with like gift giving around the holidays. Like for me, it's, it's so much more fun to give a gift to somebody and watch their reaction and know that I took some personal, uh, you know, interest into trying to find something that was cool for that person, uh, versus receiving a gift. I mean, that's always fun, but yeah, for, I, for sure. I think it's offering the entertainment when it comes to pinball for me.
0: It's very similar to when I hear you know Joel Engelberth talk about whatever he does he's always friends and family and, and that's one of the first things with TNA and the party games he likes it's It's like almost the first thing for him for me i it's always a piece of it, but i it's usually low down on the list, but hey that's just me, so I'm actually going to start including that in the questionnaire going forward so thank you outstanding for your contribution all right so i'm going to start with some of the defaults uh, are you do you prefer location play or home play for pinball
1: oh yeah so absolutely home play for me. I just, I think the older I've become, I've become a little bit more of a homebody for whatever reason. I kind of set up camp. I try to create the location feel in my house, if that makes any sense. Uh, We're going out and playing on location is fun and hanging out with people and socializing. I think that you're able to give pinball like a different level of attention when you're in a home in a controlled environment, whether it be for lighting or sound and all these things factor into how I consume and really uh, judge a pinball machine. So for me, it would be
0: it would be home versus location. Uh, I would go home. Okay. And when you're playing, what do you uh, smile more at? Reaching a multi-ball or getting an extra ball? <laughs> so for me, it's 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 extra ball for sure.
1: Multi-ball is fun. Extra ball seems like it's much harder to attain, especially these days with code. Uh, and I, you know, it's something that's going to prolong my playing with another shot and another ball. Like that's that's for me. Okay. Yep. Do you have a favorite era of pinball? Uh, yeah, modern day era for sure is kind of where I feel most comfortable. In the past, it kind of would come and go in waves. I'd be on the System 11 kick. I'd be in this Bally William kind of 90s kick. But, you know, when you look at the advancements of pinball from uh, all the companies and you kind of see what pinball can really offer. And, and, and again, we haven't hit the pinnacle yet, but, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're progressing. So modern day era is very
0: appealing to me. Do you have this, this this question gets less as we get closer to the, the modern era, but do you like, love or hate fixing things on a pinball machine?
1: Uh, I, I hate fixing things on a pinball machine, but if I do have to fix something on a pinball machine, I, you know, I, I do have a sense of satisfaction when it's repaired and it's ready to go. Yep. The uh, I guess I don't like the uncertainty of what might be happening oh, if there's something same. that's you know what I mean. It's like, oh. all right, I know this is not working as intended, yeah. what rabbit hole am I jumping down? Uh, by deep diving this, and you know, for most part, especially like the modern games, I, I think are a little bit easier to kind of address these little nuances, but yeah, it's I, I don't particularly enjoy repairing pinball.
0: Oh, uh, and you know, it's right if it's a, if it's a bulb. For example. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, maybe if it's not every jersey Jack game, we'll get to that later, but yeah, if it's a bulb and to see the bulbs out. Oh, okay. I'll put a new bulb in. Uh, right. but yeah, when it's like for some reason that drop target keeps going down. Why? <laughs> why is it machine yeah. gunning? What is it doing? Yeah, or why yeah. is this yeah, why is there just points adding up? The ball's just sitting here. Yeah. Why is the back there. half of the playfield have no lighting? You're like, "Oh, jeez." Yeah. There we go. Uh, why is it on fire? Uh that I mean that one usually
1: <laughs> you can figure out, but I had um, a story with uh with a game where I Saw smoke under the play field and thought it was a feature. Oh. Uh, quick, quickly realized it was not. So, But yeah, that happens. So you will fix games. Don't love it, but whatever. Yeah, I, I think you- when you own pinball, there's just a certain expectation that you're going to have to do some type of maintenance, whether it be pre- preventive yep. or some basic repair. And then you gain your confidence – Every time you're exposed to something that you think that you can't fix. Absolutely. Uh, and then next thing you know, you're fixing your buddy's games. And it's, it's almost like you don't want to tell people that you can repair pinball because <laughs> they're going to rely on you coming over. It's like when yeah. you get a pickup truck, you don't want people to be asking you to move furniture all over the place. It's kind of the same uh, mentality. I think for most
0: people, it goes a bulb first. Like, oh, I can replace a bulb. Yeah. And then it's like a switch. Oh, it's just a switch. And then it's like opto. All right. And then it's drop target and then you start getting just and wacky. You get the soldering and, iron out. Yeah. And, and then you right. get to the board, then you get to the back box, and then it gets nuts, but I will uh, not do board work. That's that's for the professionals. I
1: don't like doing board I
0: don't even attempt it. Uh yeah. Um I've had to do one on an opt Ugh, yeah, no. No
1: thanks. I'll take a pass. I'm out. <laughs> that's a hard pass. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, no thanks.
0: Yeah. Do you have any horror stories? I don't know your past as far as, like, do you, you know, have a lot of used games all the time in and out of your house like me? Or you you made somewhat mention to it, but do you have any horror stories from the secondary oh, market, either from yeah, selling or buying? Yeah, probably plenty of them.
1: Yeah? I probably, since, uh, you know, I'm thinking I started kind of buying. I think my first game that I bought was 2006, right in there. So 15 years. I've owned probably a couple hundred games just in and out yes. having games. Yeah, so it's just it's rapid fire, but... I don't want to get specific on what the machine was or where the location was because I don't know if this individual will remember this, but it was uh, sure. maybe four years ago, went over to somebody's house to check out a game, um, felt a little uncomfortable sitting outside. I wasn't able to get into the house right away. Long story short, guy brings me in to show me his cool stuff inside. I'm looking at some pinball machines. And then he asks me, do you want to see the this game that he was restoring for his buddy that was in his basement? I was like, sure, you know, I'll go check out a restoration. Yeah. Walking down the basement stairs, and it became very apparent that there was something like textured on the ground on the on the floor of this cement basement. You're wearing and
0: shoes, or, or your shoes your yeah, off? At of this course,
1: point. got my shoes on. You know, I always yeah. ask, "Hey, do you want me to take shoes off?" Like, of course. He said no, and there was a reason for this. Yeah. Uh, just piles and piles of just dog crap, like what? Everywhere. Literally? Dog shit. Literal man. So it was like. <laughs> At first, I'm stunned, right? Because there's there's the smells permeating from the basement. There's walking this. On uh, it. There's. This, I wasn't walking on it yet because I was on the stairs. Okay. And oh, I'm sure. like, I'm gonna have to Indiana Jones this if I want to even get close to the pinball machine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna have to kind of tiptoe. Hope something doesn't hit the bottom. And look, full disclosure, I don't, I don't, I that one reason I don't have a dog is I don't want it in my yard. I don't need to go to somebody's house and try to avoid it in their basement. Mm-hmm. So he apologized. <laughs> he said, "Oh, I forgot to take the dog out today. There was like 80 <laughs> piles like all over <laughs> the place. <laughs> Just <laughs> he, once, yeah." It's a, That's a lot of shitting dogs. He gets this, uh, like, push broom, and he starts pushing these piles uh, to clear a space, and they're rolling, and they're ricocheting off the wall, and they're forming this back panel. It was just the oddest thing, (laughs) and uh, I just, I never went off the bottom stair. I said, hey, I appreciate it. Uh, You know, just (laughs) the whole thing was pretty (laughs) off-putting, and and I was like, I've told that story a couple times, but it's still shocking, and it makes me queasy thinking about it
0: right now. It's Your story... I had a story that started exactly the way that you did, but as soon as you got to the dog shit part, story's different. So, yeah, (laughs) I was not expecting that. Yep. Oh. What's going through this guy's head? They're like, oh, this is normal just to have dog shit all over the floor. Oh, just My solution in front of a guest is just to sweep the dog shit out of the
1: floor. Well, and to play it off as if he forgot to take the dog out that afternoon. Like, that would have been the dog. I don't know what the dog would have ate. To uh, <laughs> constitute that kind of defecation throughout the floor, but it, it was amazing. And then the other thing I'm thinking is, you know, when you think of restoration, you think clean and new and dog and shit. Just to be restoring in a pile of yeah, it was it was pretty wild. Oh, so yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah. that's I awesome. Can, I can smell it right now, Jason. Oh yuck! Cool. I got that, that that was to say, one of many stories. That is the best one I've heard yet, and that tops <laughs> any horrible. story I have. Any story I have is just kind of like stressful, not like. Now, that's bad. Uh, anyways, you, you're winning so far, so that's right. the story to beat. The secondary, fucking... Yeah, it's bad. I want someone to, you know, some of these, like, please, someone out there who's bored as hell and loves pinball, animate that whole story, please. Of a, <laughs> uh, I want to see animation. It's, it's a traumatic experience for me. I, I haven't uh, had to think about that in a couple of years,
1: but yeah, it's pretty bad.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, All right, let's 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 change it up then. Um, all right. Total, 180. Maybe this is you know I don't know I've never asked someone who works at a manufacturer because this is some maybe a point of contention or maybe it's not I don't know. Mm-hmm. Are there any mods that are valuable to you as I guess separate yourself from you know Jersey Jack? Is there a mod that's valuable to you? A mod, as in uh, something like that a, I would go out and buy, or or like when you're buying a used game, like oh right, I'm, I okay. I can see why they would add two hundred dollars. Or you're selling a game and you expect sure, this sure, mod sure. is available, yeah.
1: Uh, for me, it's actually easy because I've thought about this before. The two mods that I think warrant return on the investment, because a lot of that stuff you put into the game, it's pretty, but you don't really plan on recouping costs on, right. on that when you're adding to games, um, and, and not in any particular order. I think Color DMD is a huge deal for DMD-era games. Um, you've got the LED version and the LCD version. I've always been partial to the LED version because it kind of creates that dot separation that I like. Sure. Uh, secondly would be pin sound. If you're the type of person mm. that likes to increase you know uh, the audio of a game and, and hear things you haven't heard and then do custom sound mixes on you know some of these older games uh, that pin sound board is incredible I, yes. I had a pin I had a pin sound that I put in a Twilight Zone and oh. it really just kind of changed the dynamic because you had an original Chris Granner version of the music that never made it into the Twilight Zone that you could then you could play uh, you could had the original um, the original orchestra or score that you could play. Mm -hmm. I did a custom Pink Floyd mix for my Twilight Zone. Good call. That's the right game for that. Yes. And it was like, I was a little bit hesitant in doing a Pink Floyd, uh, you know, kind of music score because it it tends to be a little bit more slower, psychedelic, but it went so well with Twilight Zone and to kind of slow it down musically and to really take it all in. um, I was real proud of it. I had a lot of people that had come over and they really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's pin sound is, is pretty solid. And I think color DMD are pretty solid, you know, for the, uh, your Bally William DMD era
0: games. I'm the same way. And specifically for Lord of the Rings, those are the two, anytime yes. I've like you, I've owned Lord of the Rings. I don't know, four times. And I've, there's been times where I put the color DMD and pin sound in myself or bought it with it. And every time, Oh my God, I I've gone down so many pin sound rabbit holes, um, with Lord of the Rings, but when you it said changes ping- the whole game Lord of the Rings 100% I mean it's it's almost like you could never play a stock
1: Lord of the Rings ever again once, nope. once you hear the improvement off of a pin sound it's just it's pretty it's pretty remarkable
0: my only negative to it is and I, I think I mentioned this in the podcast many episodes ago is that the pin sound adds that like 20 second delay when you turn the game on. Cause it has to boot yep. and you know, like those old DMD games, you can turn it on and play it within one second. So there's that like immediacy that you kind of lose, but Hey, it's first world problems. You know, Yeah. Greater tragedies, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woe is me. Um, uh, yeah. But when you said twilight zone, when I picture it, for me, Twilight Zone, the era was playing at a bowling alley, with a bunch of you know potheads and smoking cigarettes and stuff. So tw- mm-hmm. uh, Pink Floyd is like, oh yeah, that's probably what we were listening to on the way to play it, anyways. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, wow, that is a good call. Um,
1: okay, two more. Look, if you if you ever get a pin sound in a Twilight Zone, I'll share mm-hmm. my
0: mix with you and then install it and just mess with it. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I like my it. My God. Okay, what is a game that you were surprised you liked at one point? Whether it was you know on location, everyone said it was garbage. You played like, wow. Or, you know, you, you got it home in a trade. I don't know. What's, what's a game that surprised you?
1: Uh, so a game that surprised me, just because the theme had not called to me at all, and I thought it was kind of hokey for pinball, and, uh, and you know, the, the artwork was, was pretty poor. And I was like, ah, I, I will never own this game. I ended up owning it and liking it, and that is uh, Baywatch. I don't know if you've ever played Baywatch. Yeah. But it's no, got but kind heard- of a quirky Joe Balser layout. It's fun to shoot. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> the theme is all over the place. Some of the DMD animations are are uh, kind of wild, but it's just a fun shooting game. And, you know, I, I think bang for your buck, Baywatch is one of those games that will give you a pretty good playing experience and you can have some fun with it.
0: That's a DMD era, right? What is this? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One of those uh, DMD XLs, like the huge ones. I saw someone's arcade uh, tour on YouTube the other day, just, you know, on YouTube for whatever reason, going down a rabbit hole. And right. someone had a Ghostbusters, I think it was a Ghostbusters, with like a super long DMD, like the DMD that's in those, you know, Chicago remakes on like Attack from Mars. Like, oh, wow. Is yeah. that a mod you can just do that I'm not aware? I've never I seen don't know. someone do that. I've
1: owned Ghostbusters and it, you know, at no point do I recall seeing it like a, an no. extra wide DMD for it. No, someone put one in. Uh, weird and yeah, okay. It's uh, crazy what people can do. Like the the homebrew market, not homebrew because I think you associate that more with like making pinball machines, but like the home mod, it's it's amazing. It's some of these uh, are pretty intricate, very well thought out, you know, ex- executed
0: add ons for these games. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, when you think of like TNA, like that was essentially a homebrew, and suddenly like, oh wow, that's a that's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, TNA is uh, a fun game. Yep. All right, last two questions. I lied before we said I have two. Now I have two. What's your favorite machine right now? Could be the favorite machine of all time, and it still is right now. Or, like, right now, what's the game? Like, yeah, this is the one I always think of and want to play.
1: You know, it's, it's, I would probably be biased talking about my favorite game right now because I work for Jersey Jack Pinball. But I mean, my favorite game of all time because it was something that really got me even more interested in pinball, just what I was talking about was Twilight Zone, Pat Lawler game. Mm. Um, I love the theme. I love the sound. I love that. It's a wide body. I love that they're stop and go. Uh, there's not much that I don't like about twilight zone. So when I think about, Hey, what is that game that, uh,
0: I just think I love and, and it, and it's twilight zone. I'm curious what your answer was about to be before twilight zone. Since you're biased, what is, mm-hmm. is there a Jersey Jack game? That's your, favorite yeah, you runner? know, so uh, Jersey Jack games for me again, uh, I
1: don't want to sound like I'm drinking the company Kool-Aid, but I mean, I took a lot of thought into if I ever wanted to work in a pinball, where would I want to work? And there's some great pinball companies, but there was always something about Jersey Jack games that, uh, you know, they're just special. Uh, They don't release or, you know, at the time we weren't releasing games as often as other companies and to be able to, I, I, you know what it was? It was Hobbit was the first Jersey Jack game that I saw where I was like, this is, the most beautiful pinball machine I might have ever seen in my entire life. It was like something that I I couldn't even conceptualize. I couldn't even think of mm. pinball looking like that and presenting like that. And then owning the game and just all the assets and you could watch the movie almost in its entirety on that back box on that 27 inch LCD screen, which um, is amazing. And I'm like, this company's not messing around. This is like no, they this are is pinball not. on another level, right? So then. <laughs> Started hey, getting more into it, looking at Wizard of Oz, and
0: yeah, I mean, it's change your tagline to that. Jersey Jack, we're not messing around. Is we're not that? messing around, right? Yeah. <laughs> pinball like you've not seen before. It's but it's the uh, truth. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go deep dive in Jersey Jack in just a second. He's the last question. Yeah. So if that's your favorite game, what's your least favorite game right now? Um, <laughs> my least favorite game. I think all pinball has something to offer in some
1: capacity. You can find redeeming qualities. Agreed. But I remember playing Millionaire. I picked one up. Um, it was a system 11 game, like mid eighties, mid late eighties, okay. picked one up on a really good deal. Got it home, set it up, plunged the ball, didn't even finish the ball. And I moved along to a buddy across the street. Um, I just couldn't, <laughs> wow. it was literally that fast. I could not get into it. And I was immediately, I'm like, and again, no disrespect to anybody that worked in that game, because of course I'm sure there are things that I like and things that I create that people don't like. And it, it is what it is. But yeah, I just, I remember specifically not really uh, enjoying that game. I'm like, I'm going to retheme this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm just not gonna do anything with this. I'm gonna pass it along, had a buddy across the street. Picked it, ended up uh, you know, doing some minor restoration work on it. And, and he enjoyed it for a long time. So everybody was happy at that point. I brought a game back, introduced it to somebody else. They got to play pinball, you know, no harm, no foul.
0: Ah, okay. Well, thanks for playing. Now yeah, I want to so. I, I'm gonna hit you with a bunch of Jersey Jack stuff for, for many reasons. One, I wanna know, and two, when you reached out, I purposely wanted to like, you know, thought, oh, I should, you know, brush up on my jersey. No, no, no. I want, there's plenty of people that don't know a lot of things about it, um, including myself. So some of these questions, mm-hmm. I forgive people out there who think this pinball podcaster didn't know about, no, I'm just, again, I'm just a dude. Like, I I don't know, whatever. Uh, I don't know everything about everything in the hobby and and, and I don't know, I want to learn. So I have s- plenty of Jersey Jack questions, some for myself, some f- some friends that I've asked via text or whatever and just things Yeah, that no I've, problem. Okay, and uh, you know, feel free to answer however you'd like. um, we'll edit as needed. <laughs> um, <laughs> no problem, so let me start it out. let me keep it real and start out with a lot of people's question and my question, why do the flippers feel underpowered compared to other games out of the gate? Hmm. okay, um, so I would somewhat say subjective that- maybe, but that's what I feel in here sometimes no
1: uh, that's a fair question i first, I think that it's. Important to realize that every manufacturer, in my opinion, has a different feel with the game. When you you sit up and you you play, say, a Spooky, or you step up to a Stern, or you step up to a Jersey Jack, Mm. um, these games have identifiable features that you just kind of grow custom to and you you are used to when stepping up to that manufacturer's game. Um, With the flippers on Jersey Jack Pinball, I know recently, and this goes into Toy Story Four, which is our most recent game? Yeah. Our head of electrical engineering, uh, Tony Tum- Tumonero, he made hardware and software changes and some thermal management to increase the efficiency of, of our flippers. Okay, so we had recently been to a couple pinball shows since the release of Toy Story 4, uh, with that being uh, Chicagoland Pinball Expo, uh, recently IAPA and Free Play Florida. The feedback that we've received. Uh, with the flippers with this kind of change in our technology and our change in approach has been positive so for those that might feel like these flippers have been maybe not as powerful as as they like I mm-hmm. think that the changes that we made give you a, another reason maybe to jump in and, and play you know our most recent game get a feel for those because you're gonna you're gonna notice the difference
0: so that was I wanted to start start off with just kind of like a hey, almost an elephant in a room to some people question, and sure. then and then let me give you my opinion on uh, quick Jersey Jack games and why when you reached out and you gave me you know a little am I stern biased? No, absolutely not. I. When I started back Well, in well I mean, in,
1: in the email that I sent you, I said, hey, I appreciate everything that you're. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know. I, I took right. it correctly. I, I love yeah. that. But it's like, ah, maybe you could talk a little more Jersey Jack. And, uh, and then you invited uh, me on. So I was like, this works out perfect. So yes, I appreciate it. Yes, in many
0: it. reasons. Like, I, uh, this is my thing with Jersey Jack is when I first played one, which was kind of in the air when I came back, the first thing was I saw Wizard of Oz. And I was like, whoa, what? Again, we're not messing around is what I thought in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, what right. the hell is this game? I played it with my wife, uh, I think it was at Tilt Pinball in Minneapolis, and this was when I was getting back into the, like, I might buy a game era, you know, I had my ha- my past of Attack from Mars, Adam's Family, like everyone does, kind of growing up or whatever, or at least somewhat, and that was one of my first, like, whoa, what has happened to this hobby? Holy yeah. shit. But every other game didn't seem to have that, I was like, what the hell is this? This is like, this has to be like a $20,000 game, like, what is in here? Like, I was so impressed the the flippers around the house the tornado like little yeah. playfield thing yep. just like the amount of things that were in that game that reminded me of the movie i was getting like goosebumps like oh my god i'll never own a game like this oh, that test. game was like
1: pinball on steroids
0: I you couldn't know what believe i mean it. when it when it came out you had the huge back box lcd
1: which i mean presents so well all the rgb yep. leds that are on that playfield um you you had a you even had little lcd in the playfield in the crystal ball area you had yep. a couple upper playfields I mean, it was sick. It still is sick. It's still one of the games that we get asked for every single oh. week. People want to buy Wizard of Oz.
0: I want to as well. And I then the next time I really knew what it... So then I, I go through the, like, the era of like I bought a game or whatever. I couldn't totally tell which games were Stern. I didn't know. I didn't care. You know, it mm-hmm. Just after a while I could tell like this must be that Jersey company because I'm seeing similar things like a giant screen. Something sounds great. And there seems to be way more in the games than everything else. So my next... Game was actually pirates, so I played it again later. I'm like again, oh, yeah. same reaction. I was like, "What the hell?" There's so much in here, I don't even know where to start. In a good way, I'm like, I'm overwhelmed in the most positive way. I never and that noticed. was Eric Minier's first game. You know, he oh. came on
1: to uh to Jersey Jack originally as like uh, electrical engineer. I think he was doing things with our lighting and stuff. And when Jack, when the company founder. Said, yeah. "Hey, you're going to be a designer, and you know, gives them the opportunity. That's that guy's first game, <laughs>
0: Pirates of the Caribbean. Are you serious? It's it's wild. It's crazy. Well, okay. So, well, what yeah. is that budget? That budget you give him? Just like here's infinite money. Because when I see that game, I just think like this is. There's no creative restraints here in a, in sure. a great way. There's everything in the kitchen sink, but not for the sake of it being there. When I see Pirates, I I, I talked about this when I had the Buffalo guys on because that was, um, I think Kevin's son's favorite game. Mm-hmm. My thing is, I would love." To right behind me have a pirates so I could play it forever, but I don't have 20 grand just oh it was yeah, 20 sure. grand and go buy one quick. Um so my thing with Jersey Jack is always like I want more. It's just like I, I don't have enough exposure to it. They're expensive, sometimes cost prohibitive, but mm-hmm. it's um oh, anyway, so that was the next one was was pirates. And then I ran into dialed in at uh I was doing a trade on a Deadpool for something. So, you know, what is that, 2018-ish? I didn't know about Dialed In, and I saw this game in this dude's collection. I was like, that thing is pretty. What is that? He's like, oh, you haven't heard. And I hadn't because I had been on one of my little breaks. He right. this game called Dialed In, and he asked, you know, the people who made, like, Wizard of Oz, and I was like, hell yeah, like, what? He's like, this is, you know, I don't remember if this was your first non-wide body. I forget, but um, I played it, and I was like, the first thing I said to him was, I've never played a smoother game, and I've never played a game that looks better. He's like, oh yeah, that's Jersey Jack. And I'm like, and it was solid. It felt like it was a million bucks. Like, like I don't even know if oh, I can tilt the, the this feel. Thing. Yeah, you're not going to yeah, nudge. Yeah, it's just rock solid, easily, right? dude. Yeah.
1: Um. And, and to and your point with the smoothness, I, the smoothness of the shots. Again, that's another Pat Lawler uh, design. Um. The ramps don't even seem real when you're shooting them under the glass and dialed in. I mean, it, the, right. the shot flow is that impeccable. Uh, it's super super smooth, and that was one of the first things that I noticed. Back in the day, playing dialed in for the first time was just like, it doesn't even feel like I'm hitting these ramps because it's so,
0: it's just so smooth. It's awesome. I felt the same and I feel the same whenever I play Wonka is that, you know, when another, I see another Pal Lawler game, right? It's so smooth. Each ramp, I'm like, wow, I can just hit this forever in a good way. And uh, anyway, uh, Willy Wonka to me, when I play it too, for me, the one I've played the most. And it's, again, there's so much depth. I would want to have this in the home to really experience because it just feels like I can't even wrap my head around how much there is in this game, in a good way, again. Um, It's just that, to your question in the email and overall, like, Sterns just seem to be the most prevalent, the most, at least, oh, there's there's a cheaper version, cheap (laughs) quotes, uh, you know, pro versions and this and that. But Mm -hmm. um, before I get to the rest of the questions, this is my personal one, is just, will you please Mm -hmm. uh, retain every sort of Tolkien license and make a Lord of the Rings, a Ring of Power, a Hobbit, please. You don't have to answer that. I'm just asking you, please make it um, so I can buy, or remake a Hobbit so I can have it, please. Um, Or Harry Potter. Uh, Those are the ones to me, in my head, I'm like, no offense to Spooky or Stern or American or anyone else, but I think, and I've asked my wife, who's seen um, Wizard of Oz and, you know, a passing hobby of pinball, just through me, when I've asked her, like, who would you like to see Um, make a Harry Potter game. Oh, Jersey Jack. Are you kidding me? And and I feel the same way. You can make those flippers barely work and I'll buy it. So no, who cares about (laughs) the flippers at that point?
1: We would make sure we had working
0: flippers. uh, (laughs) Please make the flippers work. Um,
1: Well, it means a lot that you would say that, right? Yeah. Because I mean, and and that is the field. That's what we aspire for as a company. We want people to, you know, anticipate our games and to correlate their dream themes to our builds uh, that's very, very important. And, and I felt the same way and I still feel the same way. If there's a dream theme of mine that's out there, I want, I want your pinball to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's, there, there's different approaches that are taken to building pinball by all these companies. And again, I can appreciate all these companies for what they do on several different levels. When it, when it comes to a game that you want to have, uh, that's going to be a showpiece in your game room that you want to mm-hmm. be able to pass along. I mean, our, a lot of our buyers keep our games, forever they they are bolted to the floor they don't want those games to leave because they're just they're they're special um so yeah if you say hey i would love to have a harry Harry potter game and i would love for jersey jack Pimble to make it like that's exactly what we strive for we want to make that game for you
0: oh yes and i want you to want to and please do it um i'm just gonna say it this way how whatever you have do you have a design mission statement because the one that we came up with earlier is we're not messing around. It's clear that you put in love. Yeah. You put in extra effort. Again, no offense to the other manufacturers, but it's it's night and day. It's black and white when you see the amount of RGBs, the amount of... I mean, to me, other people did powder coating, but you would sound like, yeah, of course, but we'll do it well. We'll do it correct. Uh, you you put everything in there. They go, they, yeah. they look like... 100 out of 100 every time, every game you've ever made, regardless of what I like think of the shots or the rules, they all look like a, a slam dunk. So but do you have a, a mission statement overall at Jersey Jack when you're designing a game? Yeah, I I mean,
1: I, you know, it was interesting because I was just talking to Peter Dorn. He's uh, runs project manager over at Jersey Jack Pinball. We were talking about the approach to these builds uh, just in a casual conversation. So when you bring it up now, it's kind of fresh on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it sounds cliche. We want to make obviously the best games in the world. So when we make games, we want them to be fun. We want them to be dependable. We want you to be able to have a game that's going to be, like I said just earlier, in your family for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, We're always trying to innovate in the ways of of introducing new concepts to pinball. Um, We typically would never want to be known as a company that's just putting out cookie cutter designs. We don't want you to anticipate um, anything from a design uh, standpoint on any of the releases that are coming out. We always want to keep you on your toes and we want you to anticipate and we want you to be excited about what we're putting out. So, you know, if we have a release that didn't appeal to you for whatever reason, we want you to know that, hey, the next release that's coming up, probably something that I want to be uh, you know,
0: interested in. I want to be looking forward to. We always want you to be looking forward to how we approach design. And on that note, is JJP more focused on home market or operators overall? That's a, that's a good question. I would, if I, you know,
1: off the top of my head, I would say 80 to almost 90% of our customer base of our buyers are home owners. Wow. Right. It means a lot to us to have our games on location for a lot of different reasons. One, we re- absolutely uh, support and appreciate the location owners and the people that are putting these games on route. It's a great way for people to play games uh, that normally wouldn't be able to have an opportunity to do so in in a home environment. Um, in fact, when we launch titles, we want to make sure that a lot of those first games are going to locations so that they can get out there and people can play them. It's great for us because we get some initial feedback as to what's going on. But again, it, we're introducing the product to several people, um, you know, versus maybe one person that's going to be playing on day one in their house. So yeah, I mean, we don't focus necessarily on the home owner. We recognize the location play. Um, but as it stands right now, majority of our buyer base, uh, is the home. So we want to make sure that we're making games that they're approachable. When you come up on location, you can kind of get an idea of the rule set and you can get flipping and get going. But for somebody that's going to own this in their house, we want to have the uh, rule sets to be, you know, deep enough and complex enough to where you're always, you know, uh, going down, hitting the start button and, and thinking that you might see something that you hadn't seen, you know, in a previous game. I think that's important too.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to switch it up just a little bit for Kale's sake. He, I think he, him and Steve have, uh, Steve Ritchie I'm talking about, have a little, uh, maybe friendly, friendly competition. of Who knows? I don't know where this is coming from. Uh, he's wondering, have, he asked, has Steve and Pat gotten into a fight yet? I'm assuming he's talking about Pat, Steve Lawler, and Pat, Pat Lawler. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have so you seen him throw down. No, I have not. I So
1: Pat retired, uh, shortly after the release of Toy Story four. So mm. end of June, maybe Pat officially retired. So those guys are not in the office uh, sharing office space, uh, on a day-to-day basis any longer. But I know back in the day, I mean, these guys are the most prolific celebrated pinball designers in the history of pinball, Pat Lawler and, and Steve Ritchie. And there was huge competition between the two of them and their teams back in the, in the heyday. You can ask either one of those guys and they've got stories where you're, you're listening to this stuff and you're like, wow, I, I can't even believe that that kind of stuff went on back in the day. Because, wow. you know, nowadays, like, I don't, I don't know if you could even get away with, with some of the, uh, you know, tenacity that was going back and forth. But when Pat and uh, when Steve had come over, I think Steve came over in August of 2021. Um, I think both of those guys were in a point in their career where uh, they certainly had a mutual respect for one another. And it wasn't a situation where they wanted to get in, in each other's way. They're always going to be competitive guys. You can't take the competitiveness out of a pinball designer. I just don't think it's possible. And you but shouldn't. I think it no. And, and I, I, absolutely, I don't think so, but I, I think it was a situation where they had that mutual respect for one another and they would have been more apt to help one another out if they needed it versus trying to get in the way and hinder somebody's ability to have some success. Uh, so I can officially say at Jersey Jack pinball, I've never seen them throw down. I've never seen anybody, you know, raise a voice to one another. Uh, wow. it was very cordial. It was very professional. And, uh, I don't know, man. It, it's a, I, it was an honor for me to be working in the industry with both of those guys in the same right. building. Um, I've learned a ton from both of those guys uh, from design elements and aspects because building a game and, and making a game is something that intrigues me. It's something that I would like to do, something that I've been kind of working on in my free time. And to kind of be able to pick the brain of those guys, um, I, there's nothing like it in the world. So it's, just a really cool thing to be able to work in the same building with those guys at the same time. And I was sad to see Pat go. I mm-hmm. don't know if yeah. Pat's permanently retired. Um, right now he's taking a break from designing, uh, at least from Jersey Jack Pinball. And uh, you know, part of me wants to see the guy design something else at some point in the future. But if he never did, um, you know, congratulations, Pat. You you killed it, knocked it out of the park.
0: Yeah, or come back and <clears throat> help him do Harry Potter or whatever. You know, he's right. <laughs> whatever solid. it takes. Well, what is the biggest supply chain issue? jjp is dealing with right now if you know or if you can share yeah that's hard for me to answer just because you know i'm not
1: involved in uh you know purchasing per se i can say i mean just from what i know in in some meetings and some conversation like in the office um sean MacArthur and his whole purchasing team at jersey jack pinball i mean these guys are pretty aggressive they're they've got really good foresight so i mean they've had this ability to kind of make sure that we're never in a position where we've had to stop our lines, even through, uh, you know, the heart of COVID. So are there supply chain issues? Yeah, for sure. And and I would venture to say that every single pinball company has dealt with some type of supply chain issue in one capacity or the other. Um, The other thing that's kind of interesting, you know, even going past supply chain is just cost of parts. Um, I know that parts that maybe we would purchase over the last decade where you could kind of predict, you know, what the prices are going to be within a certain extent, you could depend on those prices. I mean, some of these prices have increased 40, 50, 60 percent in a relatively short amount of time. And, you know, that causes a lot of pivoting as far as, you know, purchasing goes. So, you know, I've got a lot of respect for those guys being able to figure all that out. Um, And lead times have gone, you know, in some instances from weeks to months to past a year. Um, So to be able to kind of figure that out,
0: it's uh, figure it out, right? It's, it's yeah. pretty amazing. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, and again, apologies if you don't know this question off the top of your head, but sure. do you know when, when someone's designing a game at Jersey Jack in particular, do they have full autonomy or if it's a standard or wide body or does Jersey Jack as a whole have any standard versus wide body? Because you seem to, <clears throat> at least from my experience, is it, what is it, 50-50 at this point if, at least? Or it's... or yeah, you know so, I mean? I mean, our
1: wide-body games, we've got Wizard of Oz, we've got The Hobbit, and then Pirates of the Caribbean were our wide-body offerings. Okay, yeah. I'm not forgetting anything, am I? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think a lot of that is just comes down to the designer preference. Okay. I think if you hear Pat Lawler and Steve Ritchie, those guys might not be as enthusiastic to make a wide-body game. It's not something that's in their general nature to want to do. Um, so, would you see, for instance, like a Steve Ritchie do a wide body game? If he wanted to, he could. The factory's set up for us to make wide body games. At some point, there was a rumor that took place or that was uh, being circulated that said, you know, Jersey Jack Pinball, they can't make wide body games because the factory's not set up to make a wide body game. I don't understand <laughs> what that means, but we can certainly make a wide body game because if we wanted to throw another wide body back on the line, if we wanted to, you know, put uh, Wizard of Oz or The Hobbit or Pirates back on there, we can make those games. Um,
0: so well, yeah, let me stop I, you there. That's, yeah. Are you going to, are you going to uh, vault as they say, remake any of those games? I want pirates, man, get more out there so people can afford them and play them. What a great I agree.
1: Game. I think it makes a lot of sense, uh, you know, at some point to have pirates out there so more people can play it. I can say that, there has been conversations about it, and and the decision's not been made one way or the other. So we haven't said, you know what, we just have to move past Pirates. We can't put it back on the line. And we haven't said, hey, we're definitely going to put Pirates on the line at any given time. It's just right now our focus is on on, on increasing our ability of getting games out on, on a yearly basis. And mm. at some point, you know, we've got another game that's that's relatively close. Um, the talking point has always been we want to do two games a year. That's something that's going to happen. Yeah. Is it going to happen this year? We got it's, like you got like twenty days, twenty seven days. Well, all right. So it's I guess it depends on how you look at it. Like, could we have a game out in twenty days? I guess potentially. I mean, anything's possible. But I mean, sure. I'm talking about having a game within a 365 day, uh, got it? Amount of time, right? So we had, let's say, Toy Story that had come out in June. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would put money on us have another game out before that that year expiration is up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I mean, at that point, it's like if we're trying to get, let's say, a game on the line every six months, every nine months, a new game. Like, where do we put, say, pirates back on the line? Mm -hmm. Um, As the company grows and we have two manufacturing lines, it's it's like, hey, we could make two games at the same time. If we added a third line, that's something else that we've considered. So we've got options. Um, And and again, I'm I'm not trying to bypass the question of pirates. But I mean, if anything, I'd like to give some optimism that at some point I would hope that, you know, it would be something that we're able to do.
0: Do you know, and it's okay if you can't answer this, for those three games, uh, Wizard of Oz, Hobbit, and Pirates, is licensing the halt for any of those three? Or, or is that in general, that's not as big of an issue as some people might speculate. Because it seems like on Pinside or everyone else, nine times out of ten people are saying, oh, it's the license and it costs too much. That's of course not. Like they know what, they like they work there and they know what they're talking about. I've heard, <laughs> well, right. you know, sorry not to speak for you, but please answer this. I've <laughs> heard from some industry insiders here or there through the campfire that that's really not always as big of an issue as you might think. but Yeah, I don't, don't know that it
1: always is the issue. I mean, if you think back, we Pirates is owned by Disney. We just did a Disney Pixar pin. Uh, yeah. So the relationships there, um, you know, licensing for sure, I, I know has played a role into maybe uh, decision making for companies putting games back on the line. Um without me really getting specific because I just don't think it's professional appropriate for me to kind of course. talk about licensing. That's not my area. And, uh, yeah. you know, Jack Guinary, he does a lot of the licensing for, for the company and he, you know, he would be the guy that you would want to ask on that. But yeah, no, I don't know that the license would hinder us, uh, from putting games back on the
0: line. Sure. And that's strange. Now that you mentioned it, I, uh, people, again, Pinside, or as they do, talking about how, well, you know, Jersey Jack won't do it because Stern has all the Disney stuff. They have all the Avengers. They have the Star Wars. You just said, like, n- no, we do work with them, mm-hmm. which is, uh, hmm. It, so it's, it's not necessarily true. Again, hey, probably not the right question for the not the, the licensor guy, but... Disney's okay with giving licenses to more than one manufacturer. It sounds like, you know. I mean, oh probably. man,
1: I mean, Disney's so big. I think it would uh, it would be hindering for them not to share yeah. their licenses with, especially with competing companies. As long as you're representing the IP appropriately and everything's on brand, it's beneficial for everybody to you know be able to have access to these licenses and then have some type of creative force and pinball.
0: Mm-hmm. Can I ask about? pricing at all not like oh what are the prices going to be in the future but like but like just an overall is it going to keep going on the upward trajectory or was there any lessons learned in Toy Story pricing that like because the secondary market you know we just call a spade a spade it's not really holding the the, the value as much as you'd think as other ones where previous Jersey Jack games seem to kind of go up and Toy Story is going down is that a lesson that um, Jersey Jack is paying attention to and listening to and you know taking action on maybe maybe not or is it hey that doesn't bother your sales. No,
1: feedback is important. And, uh, you know, something like prices is a big factor when somebody's buying a pinball machine. The one thing that I find interesting, it's it's if you're into pinball because you're buying these things as commodities and you're looking for return on the investment. I mean, that's one way to approach the hobby. That's one way to approach collecting. Um, if you want to buy a game at, at $10,000, because you feel safe, that you're going to play it and you're going to move it along. And you're going to make a couple thousand dollars. It's one way to collect. Um, there are a lot of factors that go into pricing our games, and and I imagine this is at every single other company. I am one component of offering feedback on price as being in marketing. Uh, I'm not the person that is making a decision that this is what we're selling these games at, and right. this is what the uh, you know what's going to be absorbed by by the buyers, it's a collective decision. And, and then ultimately there's a decision that's made on pricing. Will pricing change going forward? Um, I know we've got a game that's gonna be coming out really soon. I don't know that the final price has been determined on what that's gonna be. Um, obviously we wanna make the games as as affordable as possible, but I, I can guarantee you that we've never put ourselves in a position where we're looking to for a cash grab uh, sure. on, on anybody that buys our games. So just, just know that we hear feedback and uh, we do the best that we can to make these things as attainable for people to buy, and uh, and we appreciate all the feedback. Um, you know, some people have a little bit more of an interesting way of expressing the feedback, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so that is
1: PC of you to say. Yeah, uh, well, right, right, and and yeah. some of it can be kind of shocking, and you know that there are you know a, a handful of of individuals that you know it's one thing to kind of offer feedback and to offer an opinion, but you know when it when it just doesn't stop it almost becomes it almost becomes like an agenda and and I think that's unfortunate but uh again there's there's really good people that are making you know some really important decisions and all of this stuff is thought out so you know thank you for the feedback and and keep the feedback coming because okay. feedback ultimately can make change it's so interesting though when when you think about cuz I always had this mentality like if i was going to buy a new inbox game i would uh I would try to put at least five hundred plays on anything brand new. But in some games, honestly, they they wouldn't even last for five hundred plays. I would know within forty plays, like, get this thing yep. out of here, or it's going to be around or one for one ball, little
0: while. like millionaire or whatever. Oh my was. gosh,
1: not even a ball! I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to stop. But it was uh, you know realizing that uh, in my mind, like if if a new inbox game was going to depreciate, I would justify about a dollar per play in depreciation. So if I if I say I picked up a game for seventy five hundred bucks. And I played it 500 times. Like, if I got 7,000 back, I don't really feel like I lost anything because I would have paid that on location. So, like, that was kind of like my new inbox thing. But then it got out of hand to where, you know, you would buy a game for 7,500 bucks, you'd play it 1,000 times, and you'd be selling it for 8,500 bucks. And it's It's just like weird. It's never ever been like that. Um, Companies were never making games. Um, so that people could play them and sell them used to make money. It was it was something where, you know, you wanted to have something on location. You wanted people to enjoy it. You want to look forward to the next game. So this kind of new wave of collecting from, uh, like, a financial um, standpoint is, is intriguing. And, you know, maybe right now the current pinball pricing
0: hinders... Uh, wait a second. I have to interrupt you because... Okay. I, while you're talking, and I, I don't do that, and I totally apologize, I just got an email from Spooky mm-hmm. while you were talking that said, Fang Club special announcement, greetings to loyal club members, thank you for your continued love and support over the years, we hope to keep producing things we love and are proud of, and hopefully you all love it too, thank you from all of us here at Spooky, now the real reason for this email, see the link below. And you click the link below, and it says, Scooby-Doo Pinball Machine Teaser, Spooky Pinball. Is there uh, photos or anything? Well, so I, I, you know, you click the link and you get a YouTube video of Scooby Doo just announced by Spooky Pinball. And there's no table, there's no pictures of the game. It's just some some cartoons. And I think a lot of people knew that that was the next game coming, anyways. But if not, hey, and this is probably a couple days after it's been announced. But yeah, so Spooky Scooby Doo. What do you think? Hey, since it just hit, and sorry, we just interrupted that whole train of thought. Oh yeah, Any no thoughts? worries. Any thoughts on the theme, Scooby Doo? Since we see nothing of game. What, you like Scooby-Doo? Oh, do you I mean, you? Do you, does it really make a difference if I love or hate this theme?
1: <laughs> at the end of <laughs> no. the day, you've got yeah, another no, guy from another company coming on. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, yeah. c- congratulations to Spooky on, a, on another yeah. release. Hope it goes well. Uh, not much really to offer from a personal standpoint on uh, the release for me at that point. But, sure. you know, it's, it, it's always good to have new pinball out. It's exciting for new releases. Um, and again, competitive rivalry and, and, and having yep. healthy... Healthy competition is always good,
0: so I'm excited to see what it looks like. I think most people can objectively say it's a better theme that'll probably make you more money than Ultraman. So good mm. for you, Spooky. Fair I mean, it's, Fair Scooby-Doo enough. is something people know, so I think it's 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 a good theme. We'll see what they do with it. We'll see what the game is. I'm um, looking forward to seeing some gameplay. But man, sorry for that um, breaking news. You know, breaking news. Um, but there it was. I, I wanted to ask you, you know, some some of these deep Jersey Jack questions. Just a very simple one. What's your favorite Jersey Jack game? I know what mine is, but do you have a, can you pick a favorite child?
1: It You know what? It, it alternates. It kind of fluctuates based on what's going on. Um, I'm loving playing Toy Story 4 right now. It is our newest game, but it, it is just a fun game. It's uh, it's how pinball is meant to be enjoyed. I think it's, it's, it's kind of, it's laid back. It's not too intense where you're freaking out. It's, it's just fun. It's a recognizable theme. Yep. Uh, for that, I really appreciate Toy Story 4. Uh, Willy Wonka's has always been a game that I've really been, um, involved in, in consistently playing Joe cats, you know, not too long ago, put out a 2.0 kind of a code revision that allowed, uh, you know, people to kind of unlock more of the game, get further into the game, increase scoring. Uh, that's a really fun game. And, I mean, they're all part of our catalog, and I've got great things to say about all of them. And, and again, on any given day, it depends on what I want to play. But right now, I'm playing a lot of Toy Story 4. Do you have any at home or just because you have them yeah. at, at work? You, I, do. Yeah. I do. I do. Uh, I've got a Toy Story 4 here. I've nice. got a Guns N' Roses LE. Um, I have a Pirates uh, prototype. Nah, you bastard. Which, which is pretty amazing. Uh, so yeah, I've got, uh, I've got something else I'm working on. Uh yeah, no, what so, is I mean, it? Just turn the great. camera
0: and tell me what it is. That's cool. Just uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's just do it. Let's well, well, I it. mean, spooky's doing it. You know, everyone's announcing games. I might just, uh, might just might yeah. just send
1: an email out on my yeah, send... uh, own little Ken Club.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> Ken Club. Uh, Wait, what yeah, about for... you? I mean, what, what
1: do you enjoy playing? I know you said that Wizard of Oz was impactful for you when you first saw it, oh. but I mean, so we have okay. what seven games, right?
0: Can I? Please ask that question a second. I want to interject with Wizard of Oz because okay. I I put out a um in my like forums and pin side and trusted you know pinball advisors for lack of a better phrase. Mm. I put out the hey guys, I want to own a Waz. Talk me out of it. Talk me into it. You know whatever. Just hey, what's people experience? And everyone kept saying, oh it's you know when something goes wrong, it's such a bitch. And I'm like okay whatever. I've, I've fixed games, so like that point is moot to me. But it kept coming up enough and it wasn't like the 2.0 lights stuff that's again just kind of a given for anyone out there you know the 1.0 or the 2.0 lights is just get the 2.0 whatever right, right. um <clears throat> and that thing is fine but they kept saying they were talking me out of it because for me i'm thinking of star trek the next gen where it's this heavy game it's oh it's like it's monetarily heavy it's literally heavy it's Something a goes beast. Wrong. yeah you got to take apart everything and that's five hours into your point. I'm, it kind of scared me off to have it at home because like, oh, if something goes wrong. Then I got, oh my God, two play fields, all this stuff. That, so um, I, for me, you know, gun to my head is like, I want to have a Waz in the house just because I know, you know, I'll get, I'll get over the code, just like any game, any game gets boring after a while, but I want to experience a lot of that game. Um, I don't know if you were going at it. Like, what do I think of all the games? But Waz is the one to me, like, I I, I want to have enough time on it to get sick of it. Person. So okay, so that's the most appealing kind of uh, title that we have right now. Is like you
1: would want to get some time on a Waz. Well, theme wise, Hobbit. I mean, let me let me just ask it like this. So, sure. um, you are on uh, lockdown in your house uh, for a month, right? So, and you can have one Jersey mm-hmm. Jack pinball machine to kind of bang around for thirty days, free. Uh, because, or just like hey, yeah, just, pick yeah, just one. free. Just let's say we shift you a game and we want you to play it for a month. Like, what game yeah. would you want to play?
0: Pirates. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Because it's, it's deep. yeah, because it's 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 deep. man, when I saw there's a that lot game going on, yeah. There's so much it's um the upper play field, that rocking, the the, mm-hmm. the lights, the audio, the fact that you start, oh, pick what 30 people from like, oh my god, where do I even start? I want to know the strategy. See, I want to know people why don't I pick like
1: that? All those options when you start, but I mean, you you can really tailor uh the character that you pick to kind of how you best approach, like, your your ability to play game. um, You can kind of
0: back think it's, up on a character
1: select. And, you know, if you're I someone that wants to any, start multiballs or if you're somebody that wants
0: to, it, it's just fun I, to have those options. In that game, yes. I think, you know, Star Wars and Turtles, which other, you know, pick one of the four turtles, pick Hanley or whatever, that yeah. I don't really care because it's just... Well, there's only kind of like four things like why not just come. It's not as big of a deal to me in a huge, deep game with all this stuff. Cool. Now give me tons of reasons to like dig in and do different things. I think in those games, the selecting is kind of like whatever, because they're, they're, they're very shallow. They're they're hardcore. They're, I'm not a huge fan of those games anyways. So maybe that's part of it. But Pirates, I was the opposite of like, I like this and I want to spend more time so I can get to know it turtles i was like i'm just gonna pick leonardo because i like leonardo yeah then sure. i saw like oh but it does this like i don't care and star wars same thing like i don't care um but yeah pirates it, it's the the upper play field it's the lighting it's the it's the depth it's the there's probably a little bit of a you know it's kind of that white whale that's out there that like it's, it's the allure of, just, of it yeah it's, it's hard to come you by know, the, you know and when you come by them they're they're not exactly uh you
1: know the easiest to attain financially <laughs> they're pretty expensive games
0: it would go Pirates if it was Cost is No Object, okay. but then it would be a very close tie between Waz and Hobbit. So where you're at with locations, like, are there Jersey Jack games that you can just no. jump on? No. I can play Toy Story 4 locally, and mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, I mean, I've been playing it, I've driven specifically just to play Toy Story 4 in the last week twice, uh, you know, 10 minutes away, whatever. The closest place I can play any sort of, well, credit to Jersey Jack, I've hunted places just to play Hobbit. Um, Tilt, pitball in Minneapolis used to have, you know, they they have them in there and out and GNR and all that stuff. But when I wanted to play Hobbit a couple months ago, I had never played it. And, you know, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, all that kind of stuff. You can well, see the poster there, but it, all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, the only place I could play it was, oh, what is it? Uh, where LTG is, uh, the billiards up in Minneapolis. Oh, SS Billiards. Oh, yes. He has, I think, most, if not all, the Jersey Jack games. And I made a special trip there just to see Hobbit in person because all I had was the internet. And I, my first impressions. Here's my brutal honesty. Yeah, beautiful. Everything. No one's wrong about any of that. For me, there was so many drop targets going up and down all the time. I was like, I just kept hearing clunk, 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 clunk. clunk oh, on the clunk. Hobbit. Yeah, and that kind of got to me a little bit, but. You know, it is shocking only-
1: when you hear all those drop targets kind of reset themselves. You're like, whoa! That's
0: yeah. But it's, and, I mean,
1: it's so robust. Uh, oh, there's so much
0: in that game. It's when so you beautiful. pop the playfield on that game, you're like, oh my gosh! It yeah, sounds it's, it's incredible. It's like I at one point had a Lord of the Rings. Well, I've had many Lord of the Rings, but I was I wanted to have a Hobbit and Lord of the Rings next to each other just for I don't know why not. Um, and, and it's like I, I was afraid the Hobbit was going to outshine Lord of the Rings, which is my favorite game. But um, yeah. I, I want to spend more time on Hobbit for sure. I just wish They're two very different
1: playing experiences when you compare Lord of the Rings to the Hobbit. To- yeah, totally different. Yes.
0: And I so mean Hobbit you take- you're on
1: a journey. You, you press start on that game. The, Hobbit's not the game where you're going to be like, "Hey, I got to go uh, pick up my kids in 5 minutes. I'm going to put a <laughs> Let game. You do on a Hobbit. quick Hobbit game." Right? You're, on, it, a, you're on a journey. So but that appeals to me. I like it that. It does to me too. Essentially, you know that it's a great home game, right? Maybe it's not the best four-player tournament game. Uh, if you're into tournaments, but I mean to kind of sit down and grab a couple drinks and just in golf yourself in the theme and and progress your way through, it's it's super fun.
0: Oh God, it's, you're bad influence because now I'm like, I, dude, honestly, as soon some, as you some would me, argue, Jason,
1: that I'm a good influence.
0: You're a great influence on there we me, go. and here's why: is that ever since you emailed me, I'm like, shit, do I gotta do I gotta get a Jersey Jack game in the house because I've been meaning to forever, and I've the closest I've come is almost buying a hobbit and almost buying a, a willy wonka I, it's weird i guess i didn't even think about that <clears throat> for most of the people i know they prefer willy wonka the most out of everything um I mean, for me it's it's kind of tied with dialed in um i like that yeah, di- i mean dialed in is
1: it's our original theme right so The team is so proud because, I mean, you're all your call outs and it's all done internally. That that whole concept was something that was thought up from scratch. So there were no assets that we were borrowing from. That was just and again, it was before my time when when they released. I saw that game released at uh, Expo uh, just like everybody else did. And I remember playing it and sitting in line for the first time. But um, yeah, it's good. Out of all
0: of them, I have the same experience that probably most people do with GNR, which is the first time I played GNR was just a holy shit this is a, this is a concert this is everything and as a you know a musician myself as well i was i was blown away um by all of that um i'm just i'm not a huge g n r fan um not that that you know takes away from it i, I like g n r but it's you know it's what i i
1: don't think you have to be a huge g n r fan to just appreciate what that pinball machine does uh, oh no doubt you know from a presentation standpoint especially it's untouched. there's nothing like it that i mean again um I might be biased, but there is <laughs> nothing like that game uh, anywhere in pinball. It's, it's eye-stopping. Eric does a really good job of theme integration, and the access that we had to all of the concert footage and the studio tracks and with Guns N' Roses just really being motivated. Um, Slash actually had come to Jack Winnery, asking to do the game. So right then and there, you know, it was kind of unprecedented, uh, in pinball to to know that, Hey, you're going to have a licensor that is on board with making it the best game that you can. And and it's, it's amazing. And when you hit start and you're playing, it's that concert under glass, it's 350 plus individually addressable RGB led lights, uh, in the LE and over 650 on the CE. I'm a sucker for light shows and, uh, Oh man, I love it! Right, so I will turn my games on and just watch their attract modes. Um, Guns N' Roses presents like nothing else, and I, I think the initial shock and awe that you receive, um, you know, playing it and just seeing it and feeling like you're at that concert is uh, it's a good feeling. It's a, it's a pinball moment the first time yes. you start a song um, in Guns N' Roses, yes. and you remember it. You know, Live and Let Die was the first song that I had ever oh. seen a song that Joe Katz had worked on. It was the first song that had the choreographed light show in the code. And it really set the standard for everybody else because, you know, a lot of people may not, might not know this, but it was not one person that did all the light shows on those games. We we've got six guys that are doing programming and they each were assigned different songs. So you kind of get a really, um, a cool, um, you get a really cool opportunity to see how each one of these guys kind of approached their
0: song and their choreography Uh, And it just feels fresh. You keep giving me these accidental, perfect little gems. And I have to go back to getting to know your balls. Rewind, whatever, to ask you this question as well. And maybe Mm -hmm. we just talk about it. Because, I mean, you brought it up. Best moment in pinball. And I know, you know, there's the whole moment maker, code chaser thing. But just overall, like, I don't even think it matters like specific moment in pinball. But everyone has these moment memories of machines. Like, for me, they start with, Adams Family, and then there's a little bit of Twilight Zone, and then there's a Attack from Mark, you know, these little bits over your life of, like, things that I will always remember, and honestly, even when you email me, my first overall moment, I can't put a specific thing on it, but my moment was seeing Wizard of Oz as a whole on location where, I mean, you heard me talk about it earlier, of, like, I can't pinpoint, it was, like, everything. For me, that's one of my, like, you know, stakes in my head of, like, a pinball moment that I will always remember of, like, something that kept me going in the hobby of, like, wow. Fuck, that's crazy! Yeah. Um, and GNR uh, doing my first multi ball was, was another one. Hey, honestly, every every Jersey Jack game is part of that for me. Every time I've seen any, including Toy Story four, include including. Woz, uh, Hobbit, every one of them has something that sticks out to me as a moment. I can't say the same for every other uh, manufacturer out there. And I'm not just saying this to blow smoke up your ass because you're on here. It's no, true. no,
1: I appreciate it. Like, I feel a lot of the same way. And again, before I worked for the company, I mean, these are the same kind of experiences that I was having. Uh, again, when uh, Wizard of Oz had come out, uh, there wasn't one that was close to me where I was in front of a Wizard of Oz, but I had somebody locally that had a Hobbit. And the first time I stood in front of a Hobbit, again, it was just like, this is pinball on, on like a completely different level than I yeah. can not even, like I can't grasp what's happening here. Um, <laughs> exactly. And it's yeah. like, oh, no, this is so wild. But yeah. And that's a good feeling. I mean, you want to have those feelings. That's the kind of thing that keeps you coming back, you know, whether it's the Jersey Jack Pinball or another manufacturer that uh, you're loyal to. But you know what? Experiencing these different products from these different companies, you're going to find something that you can
0: really appreciate on all of them. And, and that's what makes it fun for me. So do you have... A favorite moment in all of pinball. I will say if, you know, I, I mentioned that Waz is kind of my overall, like it's one of my best memories of pinball. My favorite moment in pinball specifically is destroy the ring and Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But do you have a favorite moment in, in all of pinball, whether it be Bally William Williams, Stern, Jersey Jack? Yeah, it's it's some- hard
1: to say. I mean, I've got like several moments from all these different machines right. that I've played. I remember the first time I re- recall a moment was playing. Uh, Earth Shaker, mm. uh, like back in the uh, I don't know, this would have been like in the mid '90s. Earth Shaker had come out in '89, and just you know playing it and then feeling the shaker motor for the first time, like you know, and maybe shaker motors are a little more watered down now because you just expect to have a shaker motor in a game. Sure. But to kind of have that that extra sensory, uh, like almost haptic feedback on a on a pinball machine, like that was pretty impressive. Was like wow, this thing shakes. Um, that yeah. was really really cool. And then even something as simple as going from an alphanumeric screen on a yeah. System 11 to a DMD. You're like, oh my gosh, there's graphics up here. I mean, that I remember getting a Judge Dread uh, after I transitioned from uh, from uh, selling an Earthshaker that I purchased. Mm. And you know, is Judge Dread the, the best game in the world? uh, you know, for a lot of people know, but at the time that was amazing. Like, oh my gosh, this is the DMD experience. It's a wide body. It's, it's, it's a completely different thing. And then you just start kind of appreciating all these little things that you're picking up from these games. And, but then you start like looking for these things, you know, like what is it that's going to keep me wanting to come back? And, uh, that's where I I hope that our company Jersey Jack, you know, in the modern day era, we want to kind of keep extending that and, and, and Setting the expectation that, hey, on the next release, you're going to see something else that's really, really cool.
0: You know, if there's one thing that Jersey Jack does well, which is, you know, other people talk about depth of code in games or depth, you know, if if you look at Stern or Spooky or American Anyone. Yeah, there's always this kind of, there's a big variance. There's things like Iron Man where it's like, eh, you know, it's hard as hell, but it's simple. And then there's things like, you know, Godzilla, as they say, and whatever. Jersey Jack is kind of like, yeah, your simplest game is deeper than Stern's deepest game and that might not be true you know overall but that's how I think of like all of your games you don't have to worry about depth or getting your money's worth as far as code like that's that's in there no matter what absolutely not that's always in all of those where you don't always get the same in other manufacturers so like if there's one consistent feeling I get from every Jersey Jack aside from wow which is really the first wow is I want to spend more time on it because there's so much here to explore
1: that's great and, and to your point, because there, there always is going to be, for the most part, something else to explore. Um, one of the reasons that – and and I'm not singling anybody out or bad-mouthing anybody that's building or advocating pinball or anything like that. But one of the things that would kind of make me want to move a game along is feeling like I've seen everything in it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's a big reason why I, you know, I'm not into pinball reveal streams as much because I want to be able to explore that game. And I want to see these things for the first time myself, not feel like I'm watching a repeat that I watched off of a pinball stream. And when I feel like I've hit all the modes and all the wizard modes or all the mini wizard modes and then the regular wizard mode, you never really beat a pinball machine because if if you're scoring based, you're always trying to, you know, chase the high score. I'm personally not somebody that's driven by high scores. It's it's not in my DNA to do it. I am more into the pinball moments and exploring the game and, mm-hmm. and finding that new animation or those new call-outs or that new light show. That's what keeps me coming back. So when I feel like I've seen all that, I kind of want to move it along because I want to experience it on the next game. And for the most part, with Jersey Jack Games, um, you can own that game for five, 10 years and still go downstairs uh, or go in your game room, hit the start button, and if you have the game of your life, you might see something that you've not seen in a decade of owning the game. And I think that's that's really, really important. The flip side is, you know, a lot of time and effort goes into coding, you know, these ultra rare or hard to achieve parts of a game of the rule set. And it's like, you never want to have that talent uh, be wasted where you're not going to ever see it. Sure. Um, so I think that's why Joe kind of reapproached uh, Willy Wonka a little bit. Um, so that people could get further into the game and see it. But again, you're not going to blow through Willy Wonka even after the uh, the 2.0 update. It's just, to get to uh, pure imagination, it's still extremely, extremely hard. Yeah. Um, and I just love, again, I love knowing that down the road, there's still something out there that I haven't seen, and I, and I
0: want to keep the game. And it sounds like, from what you've mentioned earlier and now, like that's probably still part of the, I'll say, mission statement. But g- going forward, you don't want to change that, right? You want to keep Depth. You want to keep that experience. You want to keep the money's worth in Jersey Jack games going forward
1: Oh, with the with the programming team that we have. I mean, it's not even an option of of, uh, you know, dumbing down or simplifying code to where it's it's just not fun. It's it's going to be deep, you know, some deeper than others, but it's always going to offer you something, uh, in my opinion, that's going to be, you know, past the standard.
0: That's probably a good spot to to leave that at. Is there anything you want to tell the listeners about Jersey Jack? Anything we didn't cover? Anything you want to reveal right now and just do it anyway? Or you know, is there anything that, that you want us all to know? Or uh,
1: yeah, yeah, no. I mean, honestly, I, I just really I appreciate everybody out there that's you know playing games and buying games and routing games and it's what's keeping the uh, industry going. You know, you're always looking at, uh, you know, you look at these target markets of pinball over the years and you have an idea of who the demographic is. And, you know, at this point we want to be able to, uh, you know, bring some, some new eyes into pinball. And, and I think that's going to be important for pinball moving forward. If you're playing pinball and you enjoy it, you know, I encourage you to go out and bring somebody to a pinball show or let somebody come over and, and bang around on a game um, you know, if you've got some kids, make sure their kids are coming in and they're they're hitting start and you're teaching them how to, how to plunge and how to flip. And, you know, it, it sounds crazy, but a lot of times people get on a game for the first time and your first instinct is to just try to not let the ball drain, right? And that's a good thing because your ball is over if it drains. But yeah. once you start really telling people that, you know, hey, there is actually a rule set here where you're you're progressing and you're making shots and you can explore the game. That's when it starts clicking with people and that's where they get the bugs. So, you know, it's one thing to show somebody a game and expose them, but, you know, take the time and, and show somebody that's willing to listen and willing to learn, show them, uh, you know, the world of pinball.
0: Well, thank you, Ken Cromwell. Is there any, you know, social media, any place, People Can find you still in the podcast? What's, what's going on? Yeah, so if you get a chance, uh, you
1: can see Jersey Jack Pinball at jerseyjackpinball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and YouTube. So check us out. The Jersey Jack Pinball Podcast again, it's a podcast that hasn't been as frequent as I would like, but it's you know, we're going to be increasing the uh, the amount of episodes that are coming out soon, so you can check us out there. Uh, and if you want to reach me personally for any reason, my email is kcromwell at jerseyjackpinball.com. It's Cromwell at jerseyjackpinball.com. Uh, all feedback, questions, I try to get to the answers that you can. Always an open line of communication
0: and uh, you know, happy to help out in anything I can do. Well, dude, thanks for going on just massive tangents and just talking everything and all things pinball. I know we went way off the rails, but I'm going to leave most of this in because it was just a joy to get to know you and, and your pinball history. Thanks for reaching out and just giving me the chance to get you on here and and be so open with your time and accommodating. For those peep behind the scenes, super responsive to every text planning everything just the, the most professional i've dealt with man it's been great to have you on and I, and I hope this is not the last time we talk um everything that we've talked either on air or off air has just been a blast so thanks for joining me hope we talk again in the future everyone go check out jersey jack um and and i'll probably accidentally buy one soon shit uh so yeah. I'll, I'll be uh talking to your ear a little bit don't worry about that yeah okay well thanks <laughs> for joining me i uh, will hopefully talk to you in the future
1: Jason, keep up the good work, man. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. It was a pleasure, and I uh, look forward to do it again.
0: Thanks, man. Talk to right, you man. later. See you. Right, bye. And you bet I am going to take him up and hold him to that. We'll have him on again sometime. Thanks, Ken. That was awesome. So gracious with your time and all the questions and answers. And believe it or not, I didn't really edit much out. He's sharing tons, and uh, you represent JJP, with the highest standards, in my opinion. So, again, thanks a million. Uh, And that's it. That's the show, everyone. You know, thanks for listening to me and the dog eat spicy lobster chips. Thanks for listening to Ken and I talk about a little bit of everything when it comes to pinball. And as Bond gets more out there and we'll hear more about Spooky, we'll talk about it. Scooby-Doo, Bond, new stuff. All right. Thanks, everyone. That's Pinball Party. We'll talk to you later. I love Waterworld for some reason. I don't know why.
1: You're the only person I've ever met that's ever said that they love Waterworld. Like, <laughs> <laughs> ever.